We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Fantasy Football Week 11 Rankings Breakdown Starts Sit and Debate. You can find all of the updated rankings in the description and up on DKNation.com. They get updated every single day. You're looking for the full injury cheat sheet of who's hurt, who's not, who's probably in, who's probably out. Find that down in the description. And if you subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter, completely free to do. Remember to smash a like to the episode and sub to Mayo Media Network. Play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League as well. $15 to play. Three max entry. No rake whatsoever. Link is now available to you, the viewers, down in the description of the video and pod. Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com is on the line. Before we got into air, we were arguing about Wayne Gallman and Mike Davis because we're sad people. <laughs> no, that's because of this this is the time of year last year, maybe a little bit later, but this is when people were chasing Samaj P. Ryan and Savan Ahmed last year. And like, this is why I go more running back heavy. Yes, you could have had a couple injuries, but you know what? Even if I have Barkley, he's coming back and I have Barkley down the stretch. And there was wide receivers that went down and there's wide receivers that haven't getting gotten hurt and are underperforming vastly for your top 12 draft costs. So we have this debate every single year, but this is why I go running backs because I don't want to have to have this conversation and argument about Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman, even though we're going to, because that's where people stand. I mean, we're trusting Jordan Howard, Wayne Gallman slash Mike Davis talking about Adrian Peterson, Deonta Foreman. Like this is the insanity that we deal with every single year. Now the, the whole crux of the debate is I think after going back and watching the game uh, right before I came on, it did seem like Mike Davis was primarily still running with the ones in the moment. And like you mentioned, that Wayne Gallman was still mixed in on the field even before Cordero Patterson went down. Right. But the moment that Matt Ryan left the game, Mike Davis also left the game. That would be my indicator that he's still going to be their primary back. And it's probably not going to be like a 90-10. It's probably like a 65 35 60, 40, 55, 45, whatever it might be. But I think that the scale dips towards Mike Davis. Plus, we've seen him just more used in the passing game uh, so far. And maybe they'll continue to use Wayne Gallman that way too. But we know that even when Patterson was catching passes out of the backfield, Davis still was as well. Yeah, and that's where I lean a little bit different, uh, mostly because I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, and that was where I was coming from, is that, yeah, he was being sprinkled in even before Patterson got hurt. And you're not wrong, let's say, like, once the game was what it was and Patterson was, you saw a lot more Wayne Gallman. But 
I just look at the fact that the rushing passing split might still lean to Mike Davis, but I think we could be looking at like a 60, 42 Wayne Gallman. And of course that puts him almost on the same tier. If it is Mike Davis being more involved in the passing game and you can look at other split backfields. I mean, this could be a Broncos, the, the bad version of the Broncos backfield. But the difference is there is that Melvin Gordon's the lead and getting more of the passing game work than Javante Williams. But all that being said is I think it could be, very close to even a 50 50 and just because Wayne Gallman looked better like just objectively looked better than Mike Davis has this entire year I lean Gallman slightly but the reason I asked you is because I saw you changing your sheet and you originally had Gallman over Davis uh the gap that you have I still I wouldn't even have the gap that big to be honest with you like you have the gap where's almost like 10 spots I'd almost have them back to back you know here's a good a better comparison it's not the broncos it's james connor before he got hurt before this injury to chase edmonds it's james connor and chase edmonds that's the comparison i would make but in a way worse offense yes so i had okay so for spoiler alert i had i had Goldman like jake said at 29 and davis at 39 and i just swapped them after going back and watching it and it just it led me to oh mike davis is actually going to be the guy who's starting on the field he'll get most of the touches the issue is that you don't want to play either of these guys, probably. So maybe we can move Mike <laughs> Davis back down because I, I have Naheem Hines at number 31. I could see this being a good Hines game against the Bills, uh, especially. I mean, they're seven-point favorites. That seems like a really big number for Indianapolis against Buffalo, considering uh, by transitive property, Indy beats Jacksonville. Jacksonville beats Buffalo. Therefore, Indy better than Buffalo. But what do I know? Uh, <laughs> but if they're going to be trailing in this game most of the time, you can see just a lot of dump-off passes. But you know that their primary goal is going to be to feed Jonathan Taylor. So there's a bit of an up, a bit of a down. Like, would you play Mike Davis slash Wayne Gallman? Let's just say whichever one that you prefer, would you play either one of those? Those guys over Naheem Hines. I'd probably go Naheem Hines. Okay. Would you go Ty Johnson? You know I love Ty Johnson. Uh, so, yes, Ty yeah, Johnson. I'd go Ty. Uh, Devin, yes, Devin, go Ty Johnson. Devin Singletary? No, I, I, no, no. Is he your You've said place? this all year long. You, the, the entire Bills backfield, you said that you everybody got paid off because they all scored a touchdown. But I even mentioned this in the waiver column because I was mocking anybody who would potentially ask about Matt Breida with his two touchdowns and four touches. I think he finished the game with six or seven, but it was the first four touches. He had two touchdowns. No running back in a blowout had more than eight touches. I You've said this the entire year. You argued with me. In the preseason where I said, you know what, because I can get Zach Moss in the 10th, 11th round this year versus where we were taking it, we, I didn't have him last year, but he was going in like the sixth round last year. You said, I still don't want anybody. You were right. I told you that a couple weeks ago. You were right. I'm still doubling down on this like you. I do not want a Bills running back. I'm never starting a Bills running back. I don't care if they score a touchdown. I'm still not starting a Bills running back. If you had to start one, I'd start Zach Moss. But... I, I don't I don't have yeah. I, I don't have that worry. <laughs> I actually don't have a single Zach Moss Devin Singletary share anywhere. It's probably for the best. Like you'll and because the, the whole point behind it, if people don't remember all the way back, listen, I, I I'm so I'm right about so few things that I have to bring this up. I, I didn't bring it up. You brought it up, but now I want to talk about it because I was right. It's just <laughs> Josh Allen is just going to steal any upside. Like, what is the upside for Zach Moss realistically? Like, what's the best possible game that he could have? Like, maybe not the hundredth percent out percentile outcome, but like the ninetieth. Is it like fourteen carries for eighty yards and two touchdowns? <laughs> We've known each other for too many years. I almost said 13 for 75. There we go. So, like, like, we've been doing this for too long. And that's like the best outcome you could get. 
Yeah, that's really, I was saying it was 13 for 75 popped into my head for some reason. I was going to say one touchdown. You went with two, but yeah, that's real. And the biggest value is still coming from the touchdown. I don't think you ever see a hundred yard game, um, 15 carries and he happens to bust one off for 30 yards and maybe he gets to hundred. The Zach Moss, I, I would guess so, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong. I was going to say, does he have a hundred yard game to his career yet? I would doubt it. I don't know the last time that. Nope. I, I think that the last Bills 80, running back. 81. Who, I think the last Bills running back to trump 100 yards was that guy that played in week 17 last year, who I'd never heard of. Uh, I thought you were going to go all the way back to Fred Jackson. Oh, Fred X. I loved Fred X. He, he, it's unfortunate. Fred X, if you just moved him seven years into the future, would have been Austin Eckler, as we talked about him. And oh, you and God. I, and I yes. remember when we were doing like the, the back and forth at the time, like, you and I were just in the corner of Fred Jackson. Like, this guy is so good at fantasy. And <laughs> I people, do remember and, that. and it was just, it so much has changed over, yeah, it's probably say seven years or so. Like, no, Fred, Fred Jackson sucks. Like, yeah, well, he's not great in real life, but for fantasy, he's awesome. He gets like six catches a game. He's constantly used on the it. ground. What is it? It was not even last year. The last time a running backs rushed for 100 yards, Shady? week 12. No, week 12, Devin Singletary against the Broncos of 2019. Wow. It's been a while. The, it's been a while. It's Since been a then, while. The uh, let's, do the, anyway. let's do the safe running back range. So the guys that you're most definitely starting. So McCaffrey, he's back at number one. He can touch the ball like eight times a game and score 20 points. People forget how good Christian McCaffrey <laughs> is. <laughs> Stupid. He's averaging like 27 points in the two games he's been backing. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. It's just incredible. So McCaffrey, Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, AJ Dylon at number eight, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift. You're playing all 10 of those guys. You're also playing Alvin Kamara if he plays. If Kamara doesn't play, I'll just put Ingram into this spot. That'll work out. Nick Chubb, if he's back. If not, Dearness Johnson is in this spot. David Montgomery at 13. James Conner, James Robinson. I think that's your like solid 15. And then you can start making cases for or against guys. You would say Antonio Gibson is for sure one of those guys? No, I would say Elijah Mitchell for sure is one of those guys. 27 touches. I know Jeff Wilson got 10, but it is clear. I've been saying this to you. I've been saying this to everybody that would listen. I have joked about Shanahan again for years as just as much as anybody, but what happens is once Shanahan makes a decision and the person is healthy, he sticks with that guy. This is why people were drafting Raheem Mostert as the guy this year is once he gets a guy, he does stick with him until something happens, an injury, multiple fumbles and stuff like that. But for most parts, it's been injuries if you look over the years. It's just once that injury happens and two or three people get involved, that's when we get Shanahanigans. And that's the thing is right now there aren't two or three people. It's Wilson and Mitchell. And Wilson's clearly the guy behind him. And I would grab him in every single league is still out there because if something happens to Mitchell, we know the upside of Wilson. But Mitchell is the guy, 27, and he's going against Jacksonville. So... I would say he is in the safe range more so than Gibson, just because Gibson looked healthy. It was a surprise. It was against the Bucs, so the numbers weren't great on a per-touch basis, but he got the two touchdowns. I just worry that they gave him 20-plus touches, and that shin, like, what if he, like, I would not be surprised. We're doing this before we get practice reports on Wednesday. I would not be surprised if Gibson doesn't practice for another Wednesday going forward and is potentially limited every single Thursday. I just, he scares me week and week and week out. Meany and I on the show on Monday did rest the season would you take gibson or and we got over 20 running backs before we got to gibson 
I can see it. Like, there's bye weeks, there's injuries. I have him ranked at number 16 right now. This is really sure. strange. I don't know what happened with this. So you talking about the far, far left? No, yeah, someone took Saquon Barkley out of my rankings. Uh, you have you have hidden cells. That's what you have. Do I? Yeah. Where do you see those? You you. Well, I can't here on hide rows. You have seventeen and eighteen is missing, and then four, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen is missing. I do not know how to do that. Mm, I don't know if it'll let me unhide. There you go, unhide. Oh, there, oh, there, there he is. Go. There's Saquon Barkley. Hi, Hold Saquon. On. And I'll. And I'll, I'll unhide the other one for you. Thank you. There you go. There's Josh Jacobs. Oh, there's Josh Jacobs. Did you hide him to begin with? <laughs> no, you, you, somebody did it. You, somebody hit him on you or you hit it. There we are. Saquon Barkley's number 13 this week. <laughs> so I would he, have Barkley higher. It's just matchup first week I back. Know. I know. Like it's, I know. I'm mean, just, you could have better. Like, listen, you could, I feel like you could have safer options on your team than Barkley. And as you know, I'm a big fan of Barkley the rest of the season. After this week, that schedule gets super easy. And I do have to kind of Barely hedge. an inconvenience. Yeah, I, I do have to hedge against it right now, too, because it is Monday. It's a Monday night game. And, I mean, he's not 100% playing in this game, as we know, on a Tuesday afternoon. So maybe if we're like, it's like, yes, he is for sure starting, then I can move him up a little bit. But at this point, like, you have to factor in that you might not have another option because we don't know what's going on with Devontae Booker either because he could still be out. Yeah, that's true. But also, they're here. You're getting me. Saquon Barkley, here we go. Barkley endorsed on the show for you. Oh, Barkley came over and we were talking. Hi, Barkley. Yeah, she, I, I said Barkley like three times, so she came over. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I, I was going through the rankings. I was like, where the hell did Barkley go? Yeah, people are hiding cells on me. That's no good. Uh, so he's at number 13. That would put Montgomery at 14. Listen, I, you can play Elijah Mitchell. Like, I have him at number 18 in the rankings, one spot behind Gibson. I think Gibson's touchdown upside is higher. And although it's not like he is a fixture of the Washington passing game, Elijah Mitchell, he had the one outlier week a week ago. And other than that, like, he does not get involved. Like, 27 carries, less mm. than 100 yards. The matchup is way better, obviously. But I, I just think that without the receiving game, that he's sort of like the better version of what Latavius Murray was doing earlier in the year. Sure, but I think two weeks ago we saw him used in the receiving game, and he did run five routes in that game. That just wasn't part of their game plan. The uh, the only person that even got involved in the backfield was Juszczyk, and he ran 13 routes and had one target. It just wasn't part of their game plan. So I'm not going to throw that out completely that Elijah Mitchell isn't going. I'm not saying he's going to get five targets per game. I think he falls into like the two to three, like back with Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the beginning of the year when like Edwards-Alaire is you're like, why isn't he getting more involvement in the passing game? Because Daryl Williams was pulling some of that himself. I think he falls in that two or three per week. The Nick Chubb, two or three per week. So let's see what he had been doing here. He had the five for five, like five catches on five targets against the Cardinals. He had two for two right. against the Cardinals earlier, two for two against Philly, but he has had one, two, three, four games without a target as well. Like he's That's with Hasty active. Hasty was out. So I will say this. If Hasty's out again, I still like again, I still say it's Nick. I'm not saying five. I'm saying two or three. I don't think he's completely bereft, but you're not wrong. I just think he does get a sprinkling of passing game work. And you think that I should move Josh Jacobs into worst place? No, that oh. wasn't the person in worst oh, place. Oh, I, th I thought no, you hit him so he wasn't on my sheet. No, no, no. I told you I didn't hide anybody. No, then who is the worst place then? 
It's the new. It's the new Jared Cook. It is the new Mark Ingram of running backs. It's Miles Gaskin. It doesn't matter. It's a good matchup. Doesn't matter if it's bad matchup. Doesn't matter if they're going to be pass heavy. Doesn't matter if they're going to be run heavy. It doesn't effing matter. Miles Gaskin shows up when you don't want him to. Miles Gaskin shows up on days that he shouldn't. And then when we trust him after you, this is why we had the argument about Jared Cook for years after two great games. And then he let you down in a game where they were winning the entire time. Miles Gaskin is worst effing plays. He is the new Mark Ingram. I was talking with Justin Freeman, who runs RunTheSims.com with me. You should subscribe to Run The Sims, by the way. I know you, Jake, are subscribed to Run The Sims. But I agree. The, all the viewers yes. and listeners out there should be subscribed to RunTheSims.com slash Mayo. Or what's your one? Slash Ranks? Boom. There you go. Get a discount off of everything. But we were just talking about the Miles Gaskin, because the projections love Miles Gaskin this week. And he's like, I think I'm going to have to go in and manually edit him down so he doesn't <laughs> appear in everyone's lineup when they run an optimizer. He's like, because he's like, I understand. He's like, but when you just like try to project out this game, he's obviously in a great spot, yet no one trusts him. It's weird. I am at number 21. Nope. Don't want him. Especially because okay. it's a game that he's, he's honestly worse in games where they have the lead. So... If you expect the Jets to surprise you, maybe. Well, it's a three. Uh, it is a three-point game. Like it's not expected to be a blowout. I would definitely play Michael Carter over him. Who in a bad game still found the end zone. It is my, and that's with Tevin Coleman being active. Uh, that's one spot. But if it's my team, I, this is now going back to the years where you're like, I don't care. I'm not ranking Mark Ingram. You tell me where to rank Mark Ingram, blah, 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 blah. So if you want to keep him at 21, that's fine. I would start Carter. I would start McKissick. I would start Daryl Williams. I would start. Mm, oh, <laughs> that's where it starts to get dicey. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say the next name. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Gaskin where he is. And I fully expect Tua to score like three rushing touchdowns in this game. That that would be that would be sort of like the next step of just killing Miles Gaskin. That's certainly fair. I see Daryl. Do you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire in your ranks? I do. Number you do. thirty. Yeah, you do. So I that, that okay. I, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about that because I have Daryl Williams at number twenty six, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at number thirty. I don't know what to do with these guys because it looks like Edwards-Alaire is going to be back, but they can't just make him the starter again because Williams has been way better. Uh, and I did so for my waiver column. I do the duck report. I think we've talked about it on your show before, where I give him one to five ducks and how worried I am. And normally it's people coming off bad games or two weeks in a row, like TJ Hawkinson's in there and stuff like that. So I put Clyde Edwards Alaire in there. I said, normally I wouldn't talk about somebody who's one bit out and hasn't played and well, two not playing, but I gave him two, two out of five ducks. It's not a huge concern, but to what you just said, I would in my gut rank Williams over Edwards Alaire, at least for this first week, because we saw the split before Edwards Alaire got hurt. Was already Daryl Williams was seeing passing game work, and Edwards Alaire wasn't seeing the volume he wanted to. Two games he did run for 100 yards, but two games he only ran in the 40s. And again, it was only two or three targets per game. The way that Williams has played, the way that that offense woke up last week with Patrick Mahomes trusting other wide receivers, going to Daryl Williams as his first or second read instead of his last ditch effort read. I just don't know that you see the way that the Chiefs just worked out and immediately say, Edwards Alaire, go back to going 70% of the touches. So I'm with you. It could be wrong, but I think where you have them is a fair spot. Like I said, I'd play Daryl Williams a little bit higher, but I'm not going to argue with you much. And I would have Williams over Edwards Alaire. These rankings do not have Damian Harris in them right now, although he could still potentially play if he passes concussion protocol on Thursday night. That would leave sure. Ramondre Stevenson. I have him at number 20. 
in the rankings, and I have Brandon Bolden at number 38, primarily because they're favored by, although I don't necessarily, when I talk about this on the spread show, I actually think Atlanta against the number is probably the play in this game, but they're favored by seven points. We just go by that, and listen, I'm wrong all the time, so the Patriots could win by 50 in this game instead of by like four or something and not cover the spread, but in games where they're winning, and even the amount of routes that he was running was frankly shocking to me. Like I thought that it would almost be a 50-50 split. Like, if you had just told me what the score was at the end of week 10, where the Patriots win by, like, 35 points, I'd be like, oh, yeah, if Harris didn't play, Stevenson probably had a really big game. But his production wasn't necessarily tied to a blowout. He was the one getting the ball, like, early and often, but he was getting all the goal line work, and that's really all that matters. Four goal-to-go rushes. Four. That's that's huge. That's inside the five. So goal, or no, goal line. He had four of each. All four of his goal to go, which is inside the 10. All four of them were actually goal line, which is inside the five. So, yeah, he's getting all that work. Nobody else got a single touch, even inside the 10. And then you mentioned he got the passing game work, too. I like where you have Stevenson on the flip side. I know we're talking rankings, but I said this, and I'm curious just if you agree. I'm saying sell Stevenson now because I just had this conversation with Lauren of your network on my show, and I said that I'm selling Stevenson because there's two bad outcomes and one good. One good outcome is he's... The guy, Harris is out, has another great game. Yay. The two bad outcomes is he is the guy, there is no Harris, and he has a letdown game, and his value immediately goes out the window because Harris would come back next week. Or Harris does come back, and it's a 50-50 split, and it's Bill of Tricks to go down the Shanahanigans, and it's a frustration. Like Right now, I feel like it's smarter to get away from Stevenson than it is to hold and hope that you get a repeat performance. Yeah, unless you de- unless you know Harris is out and you desperately don't have a running back and need to win, then you're going to sure. have to roll with him and play. Sure. I completely agree. I talked about this on my waiver show from Monday was what's going to happen when Harris comes back? It's like best case scenario, they split goal line touches. Then that helps no one. Then they're both kind of useless. Yeah. So, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that. Looking at it from last week, running backs uh, rushes from five yards to the end zone. So inside the five yard line touches, Delvin Cook led everyone. With five, then it was Gibson Stevenson and AJ Hotfire Dylan at number four. So that's where we're going with this. Miles Gaskin had two. Good for him. Didn't score, but he had two of them. <laughs> I don't care. What else do we have here? Miles Sanders could be back. Could. And then that entire backfield is just stay away. I would that's, play. Howard would be the only one I would consider playing right now. And I don't even feel great about it. It's going against the Saints, too. Of of course not. No no one's going to feel good about it. But if someone gets a carry from the one, it's him. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, they would have to fall into the end zone, potentially, like, legitimately, like, fall in with the offensive linemen. So it would be Howard. I wouldn't want anything to do with Boston Scott. Miles Sanders is just going to make that a mess. Going Get away from Jordan Howard if you can right now, too, although I don't think anybody's paying for Jordan Howard. I don't think anyone's just like, man, Jordan Howard, let's go. Oh. I mean, you might be in more, less experienced leagues. I have seen some, I still see trade offers that come through and just like, how do you not even do that? Like I saw one for today asking about Saquon Barkley and it was one of the, I think it was one of the, it was, it was one of the Bills running backs and then like a th- wide receiver three. And I'm like, why are you even asking? Just go do that. Chris Carson, do you expect him to be back? I had <laughs> somebody knocked on the front door. Barkley got upset. Who <laughs> did you say? Chris Carson? Yeah. Okay, so what was the question with Chris Carson? <laughs> Do you, I, I have him in the rankings. I think that he's going to play. Okay, if he's going to play, uh, this you know, part of me says what I said earlier this year. It was two weeks ago with the Dave Montgomery situation. I said, if a team brings back 
a running back and the lead option is playing well and they bring him back either ahead of timeline or like right ahead in front of a buy where they could have let him get that extra week. So I'd say go right back to the other guy. That was the David Montgomery. This one, I'm not so sure that Chris Carson gets the complete full lead again. I definitely think he is the lead because he's the better option. They need him. He's better than Alex Collins. I just don't know how much work he's going to get in that first game back with this neck injury that can linger. You have him at 25. I mean, I'm not going to play any of the Buffalo guys over him, so I would still play him over those guys. So I don't hate it. It's just it's it worries me at the same time. I, I'm completely with you. I would expect him to play 55, 60 percent of the snaps, depending on like if they get down by a bunch, you'll probably see. That Travis, sounds like a good number. You'll probably see Travis Homer play a bunch if they're way down in this game, like we saw against Green Bay. But I just assume that he kind of takes over for he'll take like 80 percent of what Collins was doing. Collins will still play a bit and then you'll get like a spring. What happened to Rashad Penny? Like He's not even hurt anymore. Is he, is he just bad? I just, I just said that on the show. I said, we waited for years for Penny to be healthy, and he's finally healthy, and now all his talent's gone. Like We, we saw the flashes for years, and he could never stay healthy, and now he's it, it's done. Yeah, drop Rashad Penny. There's no hope for him for at this point. I mean, Homer's arguably in front of him. I think what you said is the, is the good point, and if you're hoping in starting Carson, you're hoping this is actually a close game uh, because I think if you get up, by a lot or you're behind by a lot they would just rest Carson Donta Foreman number 36 Jeremy McNichols number 44 Adrian Peterson number 45 I don't like any of these guys but Mm. this is a pretty good spot to run all over the Texans it is but it's basically the Texans on a better team it's the same type of backfield because Foreman sees a lot of the work Peterson gets red zone work Foreman gets a touch here or there too but they kept bringing in Peterson for those red zone opportunities. And then McNichols is just kind of, I guess it's the Texans. It's David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and whoever they decide the third option is going to be any given week from the rest of them, including Scotty Phillips. So I think it's still hurt now, though. But point being, it's just the better version of Houston. So I want nothing to do with it. Foreman. Oh, yeah. I, Houston has Royce Freeman now, too, don't yeah, they? Oh, yeah. They signed Royce. You got to have four running backs at all times and use all four of them. That's that's known. I thought they have like five, don't they? No, because that's Scotty. <laughs> Scotty Phillips got hurt. Is he officially on the IR, though? I don't know. When I went and looked at their depth chart, he was no longer on it. So I think he is. Okay. On so they're, they're, they're just back to four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're whittling them down. It's soon going to be Philip Lindsay season. I'm just waiting for it. Uh, Foreman would be sure. the one if you had to play one. I still think that McNichols is the one that you would want to play. And the issue is that Tennessee has just been better than I thought they were going to be. And they're not like underdogs in any of these games or playing from behind. But the moment they start playing from behind, McNichols is going to be in the game. It's like McKissick. You. Yeah, and you would hope so, but I'm I'm trying to pull up Tennessee to see their schedule yeah, here to see if we can find Patriots, now nah, Jaguars, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. It's the rest of their, they probably should not be severely behind the rest of the season. I agree. Unless the Patriots kind of wax them. Do you think the Patriots are actually good? Like really good or are they really good or like good? <laughs> would you say that they are a top third? Middle tier, or I mean, obviously they're not a bottom third team, but are they like a top 10 team or like a top 15 team? I was going to say, I would go into fours and I would say they're the second fourth. Yeah. So they're somewhere between like the ninth and 16th best team in the league. I was going to say eight and 15. So there you go. We're again, doing too much together. We're just barely. (laughs) Okay. If you had to play Jeff Wilson, I think that you could and pray for a touchdown. Like if you just had to randomly pick someone up to fill in. That would be the only guy I'd really and, look to, though. In this game. And that's and to go back to the Elijah Mitchell thing, too. There's like they were in control 
the entire second half and still you would expect it more of Wilson. And maybe that was only because it was his first game action after being activated last week and didn't even get a touch. And this was his, so more, but I'm with you. I think if you went for Jeff Wilson, you kind of hope that we just gave Elijah Mitchell 27 touches. We are winning this game handily. So let's give Jeff Wilson 15. And then all of a sudden Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell both finish his top 20 running backs. That's conceivable. Probably no Jamal Williams. Jamar Jefferson got hurt for the Lions, so that would leave. Oh man, I, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this guy's last name. Nigerian. Igwe Bukwe. Yeah, I gonna say Nigerian last names really get to me. Say it again. <laughs> this this one's easy. It's Igwe Bukwe. Igwe Bukwe. All right, well, that is pretty easy. So Godwin, Igwe Bukwe, I have at number 52. I can see him touching the ball like seven times. If there is no Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, I would think, he would fall into the Jeff Wilson if he does come back. But as you said, I was actually frustrated. I couldn't, on the Fantasy Pros, I couldn't rank Igwe Bukwe, even though I knew that he was the third option because they still have him listed ineligible as safety. So there he goes. That There's a lot of people that didn't even realize he was the third running back. But yeah, honestly... If there's no Jamal Williams, I, I'd roll out. I'd roll out Igwe Bukwe over Peterson. Who I don't know about even that. McNichols. I don't know. About he's that. the clearly. He's yeah, clearly but he's, he's number still on two. The Lions. They don't score points. I mean, he, I know he scored no, a touchdown last week, but but Swift just came off a bajillion touches, and I think that was kind of because they were using Jefferson before that happened, and Jefferson left the game and didn't come back, and then Igwe Bukwe got the touches, and people were like, "Who the heck is this guy?" Uh, that was me. That was that me. Had- that was me on my couch with all my DeAndre Swift DraftKings. Like, who the who is this guy? Get him out of there! They actually converted two people. There's another one too. I don't know if it's a tight. They converted two um, to the offensive side, or maybe it was a wide receiver. I forget. But anyway, that being said, it's just because you know maybe Cleveland's not the best, so I could see the hesitation there. Uh, I just know Detroit. I know Anthony Lynn, and I know if going in that. Igwe is clearly the number two with no Jamal Williams. He's going to get 20% at least, if not 30% of the touches, just because they like to. I think that Swift situation was just because of what happened last week. Okay, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Hopefully we can get DeAndre Swift back up into that 90% of the snap shares. That would be great. He'd be like a top three running back the rest of the season if he can convert on that, if everyone else didn't steal his touchdowns. But I digress. That's where we are. Today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. I know it's made my healthy mornings much better because the kids are getting really old now, so they're super active in the morning. So I have to wrangle them. I got to get them up. I got to get them something to eat. I got to show prep for my show while I'm doing all of that. Then I got to get them to school, then get to work. Sometimes I just don't have time to make myself the proper breakfast that I need. That's why AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category-leading superfood product, has really helped me out. It brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Keeping up with the research, knowing what to do, and taking a bunch of pills and capsules is hard on your stomach, and it's hard to keep up with. To help each of us be at our best, like myself, they simplify the path to better nutrition by giving you one thing with all the best things. And it's pretty tasty. I'm not going to lie to you. And I feel great all day. It gives me that burst I need in the morning, that healthy feeling where I have energy and it all comes in one tasty scoop. AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green food blend, and more 
in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high-quality bioavailable ingredients and a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, support energy and focus, that's really been the key for me, aid with gut health and digestion, and support a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy, delicious drink. I even got my wife on it now, and she enjoys it, and she doesn't really enjoy anything of this nature. She's all in on AG1. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar. I'm not on any of those diets, and I'm taking it anyway, and it's making me feel great. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. Well, keeping it tasting, good. Join the movement of athletes, lifeletes, moms, dads, rookies, first-timers, and everyone in between taking ownership of their daily health and focusing on nutritional products that they really need in the simplest manner possible. That's Essentialist Nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Do you have any idea how many subscriptions you're unknowingly paying for every month? You probably don't want to know that answer, so why not just skip to the part where you use Truebill and identify where you can stop spending and start saving. Truebill's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. We all know this. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has saved them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and I saved $840 a year on car insurance. So, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Mayo. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Mayo it could save you thousands a year. Let's move to wide receivers. Actually, I do want to let you know, prizepicks.com, code MMN at checkout or deposit, I guess. You get a deposit match of up to $100. And if you play any five NFL plays between Thursday and Sunday, so you can do all Sunday if you want, you can do all Thursday if you want, and make an entry for $7.11. Not only do you win 10 times your money for going five of five, if you go five of five, you get a bonus $50 from Prize Picks for playing in the Mayo Media Network Prize Picks Props Contest. So you might want to take advantage of free money. Is all I'm saying. PrizePicks.com code MMN link is down in the description. Let's just roll through the top 20 here because. Hey, real quick, Pat. Real quick. I, I do want to tell you this. So Ian Harditz, uh, PFF, just put out a chart and it's the running back ranks in yards after contact and missed tackles. So top right is a ton of missed tackles and yards after contact. Bottom left is you make nobody miss and you don't even get any yards after contact in general. Guess who's down in the bottom left corner? Of the guy that doesn't make people miss? Is it Devin Singletary? Miles Gaskin. It, my, you know, it is Miles Gaskin. There we go. <laughs> 
<laughs> Worst place, Miles Gaskin. Wait for him to have 13 catches this week. <laughs> I hate Miles Gaskin. Uh, wide receivers. Devontae Adams back at number one now that Cooper Cup is on bye week. Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Debo, Diggs, Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen. Quick note about Stephen Diggs. I think that now, if you wanted to go get something that, like, if you needed, like, two pieces to help your team for the stretch run, go trade Diggs if you have him. Not that I think that he's going to be bad, but this is the week. This is the first huge week that he's had all year. And, listen, I had him ranked, I think, number 11 last week. Uh, and I've been having him down, like, the low t- like low single digits just outside the top 10. And people get, like, legitimately angry every single week <laughs> if he's not ranked inside the top five. But, like, that's his first great game of the season. Uh, you're not wrong. The one hesitation I have is Buffalo's got one of the tastiest schedules yeah, for the rest of the season. Now, yes, I agree with you. But, I mean, I, th- I feel like the Jets are a real outlier that even in the other games where Buffalo has pounded people into the ground, like, that's you. those are usually the games where Diggs does the worst because they're just like, hey, we don't need Diggs. It's like they really right. made an effort to his, get him the ball about last week. His other, that's his first 20-plus point game. The other one where he got close was Tennessee at 19.4. Uh, everything else is 14s or lower. Yeah, and he like, got two g- single-digit good, scores. but he's producing as a good wide receiver too not a wide receiver one but people uh, fr- that, yeah but fr- people, yeah fringe people, wide receiver one so but people value him as like a top five guy right right so what i was going to come back and say if you can't get that i wouldn't sure uh, mostly and the thing is too you you got to get ca- so this week isn't too bad with indianapolis you got to get past new orleans next week and Lattimore and that saints defense has been back to what it was two years ago where that's legitimately worrisome but new england tampa bay carolina new england again and atlanta especially to finish things off it's pretty decent, although Carolina is turning the corner too. I mean, this is why for everybody that's asking, I'm not saying like, oh, this is why people are like, we'll rank defensive playoff schedules for defenses. And Who I'm knows? like, no, they, I mean, too much changes to begin with. But second on top of it is why I even say take the schedule with a grain of salt is because I do the last five weeks of playoffs and the season. And right now it might rank Buffalo eighth, but another two weeks of Carolina playing well, and then New England starts to turn the corner as well. They've been playing better. All of a sudden, it's 16th, and it's just it takes two weeks for the defenses to change. If you could get Saquon and Deontay Johnson for digs, would you do it? Because I would. Goodbye. I, no, I was going to say, could I get Saquon Barkley? Goodbye. I, you didn't even need to throw in Deontay Johnson. Oh, you can. You could. Oh, listen, if you're going to trade digs, you can get more than Saquon Barkley. I I know, but I'm just saying that's like I'm so with you is that I would give him up. And get Saquon Barkley. The rest is mostly because of also Saquon Barkley. I want the running back, but I don't know. There might be some people that you can't get Deontay because you know he is a wide receiver one, okay, and he well, is. Let, let's, let's change the name then. Uh, let's say it is Thielen, DK Metcalf, who people are really down on. I was going to even go lower. I was going to say Barkley and Thielen. I would take Barkley and Thielen. Right? Would you take Pittman and? Yes, got Godwin, and let's switch out. Yes. The, okay, let's switch out Barkley. Maybe that name is too good at running back. Let's say David <laughs> Montgomery. David Montgomery and Pittman. David Mon- yeah, David mm. Montgomery and Thielen. Like, if you had to fill two spots on your team and you yeah. had Diggs yeah. to really improve your team, or go find out whoever it's going to be. Like, I don't love. Well, Pittman. go back to what Down I was saying stretch, about. But, Mon- but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was go back to what I was saying about Montgomery. Is they clearly, Cleo Herbert was playing very well. In his time replacing Montgomery, and Montgomery came back, it was immediately the lead. So yeah, and I know like I might sound like I'm getting hung up on the Montgomery thing, but I'm just making the argument of like if you're getting a top 15-ish running back and a wide receiver too for Diggs, and you like you said you fill two spots, trade Diggs. Goodbye. <laughs>
That and this, I this is why I say I feel like this would be the week to do it because Colts, Saints, and then you, know, you might be off to the races, but that's two tough weeks in a row. And any value that he may have lost by being not inconsistent, but just sort of well below where his baseline that you thought that he would, that now that he's gone way above that, all of his value is back. So now would be the week to trade him if you wanted to. You don't have to, obviously. Uh, number 11 <laughs> in the rankings, Jama Chase. You know, got a bye week, was starting to hit the rookie wall. Not a great matchup against Vegas, but I just love me some Jamar Chase. DK Metcalf, Hollywood Brown, Amari Cooper. It's Amari. Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, Hunter Renfro, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman. And Terry McLaurin, you're starting all those guys. Lock it at number 21. If you actually just legitimately want to buy low on someone, just go buy Tyler Lockett. Oh, yeah. Just buy, as you mentioned, DK Metcalf, the entire passing game. Uh, I will say that first game for Russell Wilson, I'm not necessarily expecting them to bounce back this week yet. It might take another week. All those reports from all those doctors and all those sites were 100% right. He's coming back way too soon. Uh, and I put this in my waiver column that he is so off target percentage for week 10, Pat, 17.5%. Oh, there's only three quarterbacks worse than him in week 10. Carson Wentz, Colt McCoy, and Mike White. Colt McCoy and Mike White, not names you want to be associated with. And that, even if you throw that out the window, let's just say 17.5%. His next highest for the season before the, for the injury was 9.7% for Russell Wilson. If you didn't even watch that game, and say you've never seen Wilson look that bad, which is true. That's all you need to know. Uh, I would give him another week if you have quarterback options, which I'm sure we'll talk about for your rankings. But Tyler Lockett at 21, I'm still like I'm looking behind him. I know you said it's not a great matchup, but Higgins, Waddle, Smith isn't a bad matchup. Cooks, Kirk, DJ Moore. Like I go DJ Moore against Washington. Uh, there's just I would shuffle them a little bit, but I would have Lockett kind of more in the mid to low twenties. I just look at it from last week. Like they there was really one play that they really wanted to get going with Tyler Lockett. 80 yard bomb to Tyler Lockett, second of the week in air yards. Just it didn't happen for him because as you mentioned, that the the passes were short. Like, but the, the fact that that's what they're up to in that offense, even before they had to start coming back in that game, like even some third and long situations, they were just like, screw it. We're just going to bomb it to lock it in the end zone that I know that how he's using this offense. And like, I bet pretty heavily on green Bay last week. They made me a good amount of money, but the healthier <laughs> Russell Wilson gets, the more I want this offense. So I'd be willing to now kind of buy back in to lock it and the Seahawks in general, that maybe he's just better this week. Oh, I would. And I look lock it saying even at 21, his ceiling is top 10. We know that, especially with those aggressive throws downfield. I'm just saying, second week, I'm not saying bench him until you see it, but for some of those names that I just mentioned, we've seen enough from them that I'm just going with them before I throw him right back into the lineup. Okay. Well, I do have Lockett at number 21. You mentioned T. Higgins at number 22. Waddle, Devonta Smith, Brendan Cooks. I don't love this Cooks matchup at all, by the way. Christian Kirk, <laughs> DJ Moore, Brendan Ayuk, Rashad Bateman, and Cole Beasley. I have Beasley over Sanders. This, to me, and I mean, this is a pure gut thing. Maybe you can stats me out of it. But this really feels like a Cole <laughs> Beasley over Emmanuel Sanders game against the against the. Colts. No, no, no. So, yeah, I'm not going to stat you out of it at all. I'm going to doctor report you out of it potentially is I wish we would have known. This is why we, you, people ask you and me and they're like, well, what's going on? We don't always get all the word because the team doesn't always tell everybody. Thank everybody who'd waited till Monday to tell us, by the way, Cole Beasley has been dealing with an injury all of November. And that's why he wasn't hundred percent for week 10. Boom, right there. That He was fifth in routes 
for the opportunities there. Gabriel Davis clearly passed him. I'm not saying it can't change back, but unless we get, I want to see full practice reports from Cole Beasley. If it's like last week, no Wednesday, no Thursday, limited Friday, it's no way I'm ranking him here. That's that's why it's just it's a health. It has nothing to do with stats. How much do you think that his limited capacity on Sunday had to do with the Bills just absolutely getting up and like destroying the Jets so early? They were like, all right, well, just go back to the sidelines, man. <laughs> it's just, it really comes down to, I think it's also the, the report that he's not 100%. You can, I would understand if it was, like, I just pulled it up. And that Diggs led the lead or led the lead, led the team in 29 routes. So it's not like they were out there for 40 routes. Anybody was. But if you told me he was, 13 14 15 routes and they pulled them off the team or off the field sure but gabriel davis and that's why i say gabriel davis was 12. colby easily ran eight routes nine snaps he did run eight out of his nine snaps out there but that's just that sounds like there's something going on interesting i'm gonna keep him there and i'll keep an eye on that injury report he was listed with a ribs problem last week it just it didn't seem right. very serious that's what i'm saying is like it sounds like they were masking how serious it was and now they're saying like oh it was more serious than they were letting on so that's what i'm saying if he gets a practice in on thursday i'm with you i you know i like cole beasley so but it just i want to see a practice on, i don't want to see what we saw last week 31 through 40 at Kadarius tony as the highest of the giants receivers although i have them all back except for sterling shepherd which we're just going to have to watch the injury report for these guys. Thus, right. click on the rankings to see when they get updated and pay attention to that injury report that I put out. James Washington, A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Kenny Galladay, Jamalo, Jamal, Jamalo, Jamal Agnew, Jervis Landry, and Tyler Boyd. This assumes no DeAndre Hopkins and no Kenny Galladay is the way that I have this kind of rigged right now for the rankings. No, you have Kenny Galladay. No no Sterling Shepard. No Sterling Shepard, sorry. Yes, I'm looking at Kenny Galladay's name. That's why I said it. <laughs> this is a tricky area, but I think all of these guys have like real potential this week. It's just half of them are going to be bad. Half of them are going to be good. They do. Uh, it would really come down to, I don't think Kyler Murray plays. And because they have their bye coming up, and I know you have them. I already looked ahead to your quarterback rankings. So I know, and this is another one we're going to have to watch, but I'm just going to bring it up because I know people are going to ask. No Kyler Murray. A.J. Green doesn't even rank there for me with no DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, I, but, but Kirk, but I, would be, I, I would keep Kirk at 26, though. I would push Kirk down to the 30s, but I would have Kirk the highest. Yeah, he's averaging like seven and a half targets a game from Colt McCoy. He's the one guy who's been like relatively unaffected, except he doesn't have like the the deep, deep shots anymore. But he's the guy right. that with Hopkins put him, out that they I, go to. And I would put him down by like Cole Beasley range. Okay. Because even with that, that's where. So, uh, but the rest of those, the only other one that I have the big issue with uh, is Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, it is, he's far number three. If Corey Davis was out, Elijah Moore back up, but the concern that I brought up last week for Elijah Moore, they saved garbage time touchdown, and yeah, really like, oh, the garbage time counts. I say the same thing. It does count, but you also way. have to if look. You, if you didn't know, it, it does, does count. <laughs> you do have to look at the opportunities, and he is by far like way behind Crowder and Davis in opportunities and snaps and routes when Davis is back out there because the one concern we had at the beginning of the year was more would fill the Crowder role and Crowder was blocking him because they would use him mainly in the slot. Well, they let him play outside, which he can. 
Uh, similar to Christian Kirk, but probably better than Christian Kirk because he does better outside because Elijah Moore is better as a pure talent. But once Corey Davis came back, boom, he was just kicked back to number three. And I don't want the number three on the Jets. That's really what it comes down to. This week in this particular matchup, and we've kind of seen this played out against the Dolphins most of the year, is you don't really want the guys on the who are running primarily on the outside. You do want the guys that kind of split into the middle. Now, it would be Crowder. It's just Crowder seems kind of dusty at this point, although he's still getting volume. If you're going to say that Crowder gets eight targets and Moore gets five. Let's just say hypothetically that's the situation. I would take the five for Moore right now because at least he has the speed to get to the end zone. Crowder's just doing nothing after the catch. Sure, but I don't even know if he gets five. That's my concern. And I think that he will. So I'm going to have Elijah Moore where I have him. Was it four touchdowns last three games? I mean, I'm looking right now. Now, if Magic, if, if Magic Mike isn't starting... Then it's a completely different situation. You put Zoomer Zach back there. Oh. Don't play any Jets. Yeah. Here's the thing. So I, I just pulled it up from last week. Corey Davis was outside fewer times than Elijah. Moore. Elijah Moore was outside seventy three percent of the time. Corey Davis was outside sixty eight percent of the time. Well, that doesn't so even make Elijah sense Moore's anymore. Just, well, that's not good for my for my case now, is it? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. There you All go. Right, well, now I got to drop him down. <laughs> So I know I Braxton to... Berrios was in the slot 68% of the why time. Are they playing, why are they playing Braxton Berrios and Jeff Smith on this team still? I don't understand it. I mean, Berrios only had 12 routes. It's just of those 12 routes, he was in the slot for the majority of them. But like, why are those the guys? The funny on, thing why, is. But why are those whoa. guys on the field? I don't know. Here's the. So those are percentage. So for everybody out there that I, what I'm referencing, those are percentage of your snaps that you ran in the slot and outside. The pure raw slot numbers crowder 44 Corey davis 19 barrios 13 elijah moore 10 that doesn't even make sense how is this offense like a real thing <laughs> how are the jets a real thing stupid i don't get it anyway so i've dropped him down to number 45 uh... that's what happens when you hire a defensive mind i guess so for a team that needs offensive help <laughs> All right, so guys that you could potentially plug in and play if you wanted to. Traquan is kind of like a thing mm -hmm. at this point. Like he's he would be the one. Yeah, so I have him at number 42. I have Marcus Johnson at number 43. Like against Houston. I like it. He's the James Coe actually got me onto him at 3K on DraftKings this week. I saw him tweet out on Sunday. It's just like, yeah, when Julio Jones went out last time, it was actually Marcus Johnson. When when it was AJ Brown who was out, then it was Nick Westbrook Ikena. So I was like, yeah, Marcus Johnson, three grand. Let's fire him up. He had a good game. Yeah, he was out there a smidge more than Westbrook Aquino, but the really just comes down to he actually led the team in target percentage at five, even more targets than AJ Brown. That that we expected to continue to happen, but clearly number two and a, a good matchup. I like that here. DeAndre Carter, I have him at number sixty, but like as a potential yeah. guy that is zero percent owned that you could play. Could that really comes down to if Logan Thomas is still sideline? If I, Logan Thomas is out there, he's the number two. Ron Rivera said last week that like Logan Thomas was nowhere near ready to play, and that I was like, what? here we are they really say nowhere near that's what he said really? it was some sort of like really damning quote is what i read from ron rivera like he just he's not ready Thinking logan thomas yeah let's see but it looks like know, uh, day to ricky, day ricky seals jones day, yeah day to day ricky, ricky seals, seals jones. jones is day to day with the hip but like logan thomas like he he tried practicing on monday and i think he hurt himself again in that practice yeah so here's the quote he's just not ready to be put on the football field that's not good 
<laughs> and that was November 12th, which is what? Friday? Yeah. That was Friday. So just not ready. Yeah, all right. So, and they signed Tariq Hemingway. Oh, breaking news, Pat. Oh, God, what is it? No, no, it's just you want to put Latavius Murray back in your ranks. The Le'Veon Bell has been released. Oh, okay. Let's circle back to that. Uh, Don't play (laughs) Le'Veon Bell. I had that one right anyway, so (laughs) I don't feel too bad about that. Uh, I even had new new Green Bay backup Patrick Taylor ranked over him. So if we're assuming that Latavius Murray is going to play because of this, what does that do? I had Freeman at number 28. I would expect Murray to be the number one again. Well, Lamar being the number one, Murray being the number one running back on the team. Mm, I would say it kind of leans more towards the conversation we were having before now. Not that Freeman has been exceptional, but he's looked better than I think anybody expected after we saw from last year where it's now it's the worst version like the lesser version of the Cardinals is that Freeman and Murray are going to split a lot more than everything was before. I would lean Latavius Murray because he has had passing game chops himself, but I saw you just slide him in. I would Latavius. I'm not playing Zach Moss. I'd play Latavius Murray before I played Zach Moss one spot ahead of him, but Freeman would fall to like the Mike Davis, Devin Singletary. Would range, you, would I you play Devonta? Would you play Devonta Freeman or Mike Davis? Mike Davis. All right. I'll put him in, sandwich him right between Mike would, Davis and Devin Singletary. But no, put Murray over Moss and Freeman over Singletary. We're playing both Baltimore options over the Buffalo All options. right, all right. How did I hide Rose? Who was hiding Rose on me? Now I have to go through this. I was, I one, I was wondering about that last week. Like, I was looking through my rankings, and in the back end, like, everyone was there. And then I would go click on the rankings, and not everyone was there. I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I just didn't care anymore, so... <laughs> Somebody's trying to sabotage you for the. You sure Anderson and stop into the, your office? <laughs> he might. That that I don't know. He has nothing to do. Actually, with you would have known because it would have been like Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, Corey. D- <laughs> that's that one, is two, true. and three. Let's talk tight ends. No Logan Thomas in the rankings. We got Kelsey Andrews, Kittle, Waller. I'm going back to Gasicki after the bad game. Everyone has bad games. Dan Arnold at number six. The Hawk at number seven. Pat Fryermuth or Firemouth at Fire number mouth. eight. Dalton Schultz at number nine, Dallas Goddard, who might not play at number 10. Then I have Pitts and Dawson Knox. Pitts has been kind of terrible, by the way, ever since Cuss traded for him in fantasy. He's been okay, but I would still still go, if plays, I would still go Goddard and Pitts before I went Schultz. Schultz, this is the concern I had, is that if all three wide receivers are healthy, the tight end gets left out. And I don't think that'll happen every single week, and there'll be games where Schultz does pop off. But it is tight end, and if I'm looking for some kind of predictability, I'm just not going to. Now, if CeeDee Lamb's injury ends up being worse than what it is, and CeeDee Lamb's out, then just forget it. You know, Dalton Schultz is one of the top three. But if all three are out there, including Gallup, Schultz would not be inside my top ten going forward, period. And I would go Henry over Knox. Henry's shown enough that if you're chasing touchdowns with Knox, you should have just been chasing touchdowns with Hunter Henry. I guess if if Jonu plays, I like Knox more than I like Hunter Henry. But since I do not have Jonu in the rankings, then I will put him above Dawson. I mean, Dawson Knox had a touchdown last week and it went through his hands. Like, he was still involved in that offense. He should have had probably. He is, but. He probably should have had two touchdowns. He just dropped it. But Dawson Knox is kind of like Zach Pascal. Is he, is he getting the red zone and end zone looks, but it's three catches and you have to catch the touchdown. Like, otherwise, you finish with two for 14. Well, let's not pretend like if. Hunter Henry isn't scoring a touchdown. His like baseline isn't like four oh, no. 28. <laughs> no, but uh, they legitimately are giving all three of his targets are all. And <laughs> so that's the big thing I'm checking right now. I think I want to say, did he, 
have all of the end zone targets last week? He did. He had. They only had two end zone targets, and no, he had both no, of them. He also had two. Bourne's touchdown was. What are they calling that at the half yard line? Mm, I mean, it's not even showing up as a red zone target. Well, it wouldn't be a red zone target if it was an end zone target. Oh, because then he wasn't standing. Yeah, so it was at the half yard line. All right, we'll give him Bourne. Yeah, so give Bourne that Bourne's one. We'll give him that half like he, yard. Bourne jumped but, at the goal line, caught it, and fell into the end zone. Okay, fine. But Hunter Henry has two and two. He had two. The only other person with two Renzo targets, Ramondre Stevenson, by the way. Yeah, so there no, he, he was out there. Any like, I guess if if Ricky Seals Jones is actually okay, you could potentially play him as well. Your boy, you've been saying Cole Komet for years. It feels like on this uh, show, probably years. like the last three weeks, <laughs> but he actually did play well. Like as soon as Fields started playing well, Komet was like the big benefactor. He was, and you know that's the thing is that he feels has been more comfortable because he's also running. That's really what comes to. <laughs> Real quick, I pulled this up, Pat. Since week five. Henry has at least one end zone target and he has at least one red zone, except for all but one game in week six. He only had, he had an end zone and not a red zone. So he's got two, one, two, three, four, four. Hunter Henry. Pretty good. Believe. Pretty good for Hunter Henry. Now let's go to quarterbacks. That is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm young. Listen, Lamar had a bad game. I, I think I'm going to still make him number one in my rankings. That's okay. He's playing Chicago this week. Should be a good game for him. Allen, Mahomes, Dak, Brady. I have Kyler at number six. That's obviously only if he plays. Uh, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. That's the top ten. DraftKings-wise, it feels like Fields and Wentz should be like your two value guys this week. Because I think that Wentz against Buffalo is going to have a pretty good game. He's got to throw a lot. Yeah. I would so against Pittsburgh. I broke down what's going on with just so I mentioned to you last week about Patrick Mahomes. And we saw exactly what happens. Like, this is why I wasn't that concerned, but a mild concern is because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are smart. Patrick Mahomes needed to trust his other wide receivers. He did in that game. We talked about, we talked about Daryl Williams and one of the first two reads instead of his fifth read. And then it's just blown up by that point. But he trusted Pringle and everybody else and Harmon in different opportunities. And he just spread the ball around and didn't force it. What's going on with Herbert is very similar. Uh, a little bit more cover one, but a lot of nickel and dime. Everybody's playing back on Justin Herbert and stopping Mike Williams from getting deep and forcing Herbert to play short. And he is playing short. And that's why I see Keenan Allen's just been going ballistic. He's basically in like Cooper Cup without the touchdowns the past couple weeks. But that's why the air yards are just awful for Herbert. And that's why three of the last four games have been awful for Herbert. Pittsburgh defense has the weapons to continue to do the same. I'd play Rodgers over him. I'd. Uh, I might even, you know what? I play Hurts. I don't care that Hurts is going against the Saints. I'd have Hurts over him at this point because I want to see it from Herbert because I don't trust Herbert as much as I do Patrick Mahomes because unlike Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert's not on his level. Andy Reid, another level of the coaching situation. So I don't, I'm not benching Herbert. He'd still be a QB1, but he'd be a back end QB1 until I see him take advantage of other options. And the big thing, the surprising thing is, Pat, is the wins and losses in those games, 17 or fewer touches. And all those bad games for Austin Eckler, 20-plus in those better games for Justin Herbert. They need to get Eckler more involved, too. Well, I mean, that's no different than the stat that they showed with Najee Harris and the Steelers against the Lions. Like, every time that Najee Harris touches the ball or has more than 17 no, games, no, no. the Steelers win. Uh, no, I say that is because using Eckler to open up that, when you have that open space, 
And that's what I was talking about with Lamar Jackson when you run cover two is that you just open up that middle of the field and then Lamar Jackson also runs. Is your opening, run some arrow routes, run some middle of the fields. And I'm saying get Eckler to pull that defense back in, which opens Mike, Mike Williams back up downfield and everything starts to click like it was at the beginning of the season. That's all I'm saying. Um, so I do trust that they're smart enough, but I would just go Rodgers. I would go Hurts. Uh, and there might be one. Or, my, my quarterback rank is going to be a little different than yours. I just don't trust Herbert until I see it a little bit more, especially, again, because they're playing Pittsburgh. I'm going to trust primetime Herbert. Guys look good in primetime throughout his entire <laughs> career. That's when he really shows up, when the cameras and the bright lights are on him. And I think that you can get Pittsburgh's defense deep. Like, their coverage is not good. And no, but then if you just sit back, you don't need to because they're. That's what. That's where I'm going with. It. But pri- so you're going to play the narrative. Pri- the funny thing is, when the lights were in his face in Oregon, is that's when he folded. Yeah, but not in the NFL. That's true. I said that's why I said at Oregon. Yeah, but I just, man, I really, I thought they were going to try to get Beckham. I don't know why they didn't. Mm, I think Beckham, Los Angeles, man. Well, that is Los Angeles. Oh, you mean you mean the Chargers? Yeah. I thought you were talking about Packers at first for a second. No, because they're, they're, uh, they're missing that third wide receiver option out there. Like, Jalen Guyton's fine. Joshua Palmer's done nothing. Like, maybe play part I mean, some more. Maybe LeBron James is a Rams fan. I mean, they're, they're like super buddies. So he keeps it free. By the way, you're Lamar Jackson, number one ranking. I love it on DraftKings as well. If there's no Khalil Mack again, and I have the buy, so that might be interesting. But that Khalil Mack, oh, my God, Lamar Jackson might run for 100 yards against them. If people are going to be like scared to play Lamar for whatever reason because he had a bad game against the Dolphins. Who that's why I was bringing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was like, saying. Who cares? DraftKings love it. <laughs> it was like the, it's like Gasicki. Do I drop Gasicki? It's like he had one. But he's a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Here's an interesting one. I hesitated on this one, Pat. Drop Hawkinson for Dan Arnold. I hesitated. I think you can make the case. I think you can make the case, but that seems like such a lateral move. It, yeah, it does. That's what I'm saying. It's like at that point, Hawkinson's only got three double-digit scores. Also, Darren Waller also with only th- three double-digit scores. Yeah, I mean, if you throw out his week one, he might be like tight end 17 for the year. Hmm. I can do that while you're talking about your nest thing. Oh, yeah, you, you figure that out. I'll go 11 to 20 here. Uh, Fields at 11, Hurts at, uh, at 11, Hurts at 12, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Joe Burrow, Tua. Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones at number 20. Then it's the rest of the jabronis that you probably don't want to play. There's only two teams on by, so you don't have to make that many big decisions. Is Trevor Lawrence bad, or is this team just bad? So he's playing poorly as a rookie, and this team is also bad. You're not far off. Darren Waller since week two, 14th at tight end. 15th? TJ Hawkinson. Wow. Not great. That is not great. And that's that's not even points per game where they rank a little bit lower. Who, by the way, Dawson Knox is still ninth, even with missed time <laughs> because of all this touched. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. Higby, Fryermuth, Conklin, Ertz. Ertz is at 10 in front of those guys. And Ertz had Fan. one good game. Uzma and his two giant games is all the way up at seven. There's your DraftKings guy. Uh, no, Morris really comes down to it's just it's a it's a cluster of things. You know, he's a rookie. And again, we go back. We always use Peyton Manning as the example, but it's true that it's more often rookie quarterbacks fail than succeed. And it doesn't damn their career. I still have I still believe innate talent. Trevor Lawrence still has the highest ceiling, still is a tier of his own. Now, can he be a bust like other quarterbacks have been? Absolutely. But he's also in a terrible spot. If one team was going to help ruin him, there's a few. You know, the Jets probably could have ruined him. The Lions could have ruined him. But 
Urban Meyer's doing him no favors. And yes, Jamal Agnew's fun for wide receivers. I say stop ignoring Jamal Agnew. But when you have Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and Agnew, and the weapons you have with James Robinson, the fact that you had to be forced to James Robinson, and some of the plays you see them run, some of the options they do, it's, this just, it's just disjointed. And it almost seems like why I say is like that the Jaguars and Urban Meyer don't even know what they do want to do week to week. It's like, oh, let's throw this game plan out here and see if it works. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully. I, I mean... For my, I, I tanked my keeper league this year, <laughs> at just a stockpile for next year. So I have three first round picks next year, which is great, uh, and I have a bunch of guys that I can keep. And I drafted both Fields and Lawrence. I think I'm just gonna go with Fields. You might have to at this point. I mean, Fields is it's like you know how much I love Fields, and we talked about it a few weeks ago. And the thing holding back Fields was not just Gase in the offense in his situation, or. <laughs> Did I just say Gase? I did. I called Nagy Gase. It was Matt Nagy in this offense, but it was Justin Fields in his own right. Justin Fields said from day one when he got to the NFL, the pocket, he was uncomfortable in the pocket. And on top of that, he didn't run. And you need to run if you're Justin Fields. And it's opening everything up, including his big arm and these plays that you're seeing with Darnell Mooney. So, yeah, I think that Fields, if we're talking fantasy, this was always the appeal. This is to go back to the preseason conversation we had, Pat. If we said, all five rookie quarterbacks were starting the entire season. Fields and Lance would have been at the top because of the rushing upside in fantasy. Yeah, oh no, I, I completely agree. I just wanted to see some more. Lawrence felt like he could be a Burrow-type player. Of He'll have mm-hmm. these big passing games, but he's also going to chuck in like maybe 20 a week with 30. his legs, 25, and maybe yeah. rush for some touchdowns. And then all of a sudden, you have a real discussion on your hands because, yeah, I'll take the guy that throws for 330 a game and three touchdowns and runs a little bit versus a guy who's primarily, not primarily going to be based on his running, but that's so much a part of his value that you know I don't necessarily want to have to rely on that. I'd like a guy who can throw, too. Yeah, exactly. And that's what really what comes down to. Although I do think that Fields it can be a, a quality thrower. Do you want to hear- people are throwing in it hurts. So I've been raw, I've been throwing out a starting lineup. I now have, I'm up to three wins somehow, which seems impossible because my team is so horrendous. But I've been trying to actively put my bad roster in and keep like because we have a rule in our league where if you don't play a guy all year long, that uh, they become an you can pick one of the guys that you haven't played but drafted to be an extra keeper. So you get three keepers plus a red shirt as we call them. And I have too many guys that are red shirts and I don't want to waste the red shirt. Like I have Javante <laughs> Williams if I just and you keep, get to keep them in the round that you drafted them in. So if I used one of them, it would be a round up kind of thing. So I have Javante Williams as a red shirt keeper in the fourth. I have Michael Thomas as a red shirt keeper in the sixth. I have Travis Etienne as a red shirt keeper in the eighth. And obviously I'm not going to use him anyway. And then I have Pat Fryermuth as a red shirt keeper in the 15th round. But that's, that's four keepers right there. But I had better keepers than that anyway is the problem. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And now I have too, too many keepers on my hands. Uh, that's always the issue. Sometimes people play too much for the future and then not saying that's what your plan was, but you know, I see people a lot of times, like even right now, you know, I'm seven and three, you know, but I'm thinking about blah, blah, blah for next year. Like just win this year. I know that wasn't your plan. And that's why I say that. It's like, you still want to win this year. You can never guarantee something next year. You talk about keepers. Let's just say you went with that roster, Pat. There could be trade. Well, not tra- barely happened. Free agent signing. Somebody drafted that all of a sudden destroyed like, like James Robinson. What like everybody's sitting there, like, why are you even gonna waste your time drafting a running back when you have James Robinson? And what did Irma Meyer come do? Draft ETN. You could have that happen with anybody. So like Javante Williams looks like the answer next year. What if the Broncos go draft another running back or and just, can continue or, with the timeshare? Or, or keep Melvin Gordon. 
Oh, God. Yeah, they, we, they can't be that crazy, can yeah, they? We, we don't want to see it. So I have Fields or Lawrence I could pick from. But I also, when I traded with Cuss, like I have Elijah Moore and Jerry Judy now at really good keeps. Or I picked up Hunter Renfro, so he's like a pretty good keep. Hunter Renfro's good. He's a good fantasy. He's the reason my team's like not horrible. He's your new Beasley. He really we is. We love those guys. I do. They're just, they're undervalued in fantasy every single year. Hunter Renfro Samurai, like Afro Samurai. There you go. Eh, that's that's pushing it. Defense ranks. <laughs> Is there a nickname for Renfro? You got to come up with one because you knew you can't do the bees anymore. You got to move on to Renfro. I, I believe I kept calling him '90s teen heartthrob Hunter Renfro. Oh yeah, that's right. It's just that's a very long one. It is a very long one. That wasn't. Sometimes names can be long. That's okay. Defense rankings for Week Eleven: the Cleveland Browns, number one, 49ers, Titans, Patriots, Bucks on Monday Night Football against Danny Fums. Dolphins, Saints, Bills, Raiders, Eagles, Jets, Panthers, Steelers, Ravens, Cardinals, Packers, Texans. I am throwing the Texans in there. So I was looking up the Texans. They now have a top 10 pass rushing unit in football, which blew my mind. And Tennessee's, listen, they're not going to beat Tennessee, but if they were ever to beat Tennessee, that is exactly how they would do it. Would be just constantly disrupt whatever's going on in the backfield make Tannehill make a mistake because that offensive line still isn't good and still isn't but yeah that's I mean you're having about 17 you're not spending too much time on that no, but, I, one... but I will be playing them for two thousand dollars on DraftKings though yeah I would put the Panthers at 10 no I put the Panthers at nine you know, I like Heineke. Just he's too aggressive, and the Panthers, especially with that secondary now, and now that they're getting meshed together, and they still do get some decent pressure after the quarter. Heineke's Heineke's making mistakes every single week. That you talk about outlier game. Anybody panicking about the Bucks after that game? Nah. But I I love some Heineke. But I also, for fantasy purposes, I love picking defenses against them. I'll move into number ten. I'm going to keep the Raiders up against Cincinnati. Top tier pass rush versus a bottom tier offensive line. Sure. I guess it's just, it's, I trust, well, this trust, I was going to say, I trust Heineke to make more mistakes than Burrow does, but either way, I mean, it's nine and 10. When's JC Horn coming back? Is I don't he? Know. It, it seemed I like he was going, Horn. Like, uh-huh. like, like, it's J, like J A Y C E. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were reports was... that he would make it back before the end of the year, because like their secondary might be vicious if he can come back. Oh, we didn't even yeah, talk about this. Two is, weeks. Is, is Cam starting this week? Oh, yeah. For like 100%? No question. There's no question about it. PJ Walker looked pretty good last week. I know. I liked it. I, so nine hours ago, Carolina Panthers injuries on ESPN. Here we go. No, that's just ESPN. Terrible. All right, they have very bad. To the, it's updated, but it's updated for the most recent injury and still showing the injury news from J.C. Horn back when he was put on the IR because it's on the same page. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, oh, here we go. Carolina Huddle. So he's potentially getting back to playing within a week or two. That's But that's rumor. So there you if, go. There's, if, there's still nothing out on him. If they could tread water, like they're still in the mix for the last playoff spot. They could be dangerous in the playoffs if they have their defense back. They could be. I was just talking about the fact that Cam might send this team to the playoffs. And I mean, let's not forget, like, Cam was the last time that we saw Cam play football, besides like his two plays last week, he was brutal. <laughs> oh, he was from a passing game side of things. That's why everybody's like, uh, Robbie Anderson's back. I was like, yeah, I'll pick yeah. him back up and stash him on the bench, but the same way that I'm picking back up and stashing Allen Robinson in case 
it continues, but there's no way in hell I'm putting him in my lineup yet. Uh, Kyam Newton as a passer was brutal, but as a fantasy player, sure. Uh, but that's the thing people said too, is like Cam Newton top 10 quarterback the rest of the way. No, because unlike Taysom Hill, yes, they both have similar rushing upside and could run for two touchdowns every single week. The difference is Taysom Hill is remarkably accurate and throwing 18 for 24. Cam Newton, as you just mentioned, just last year was like, is he going to throw for 100 yards? <laughs> like That's I mean, really what it comes down to. If you, if you can pick up the ground as a wide receiver, that's going to be a heavily targeted option in the Cam Newton offense. <laughs> uh, you're so mean. Rankings will be way, updated. NFC is gross, by the way. What's that? You're talking about playoffs? I, I looked at it over the weekend, and I was looking at the AFC. I was like, oh, there's going to be a nice battle for the 5-6-7 in the AFC. And then I looked at the NFC, and I was like, I don't even care who's in, outside the top four. Like, who cares? Yeah, but you'll always have that, like, spoiler team that could potentially come in. Like, Washington could have beat Tampa in the playoffs last year. Like, that could have happened. That was last year. Yeah, but, I mean, the, there's always one of those teams every single Like, I think that... I know, in, they just beat them this week. Like, Indy might be pretty frisky. I guess that's... Speaking me, of frisky, we didn't talk about this when we were talking about wide receivers. Two games in a row, and I hate watching as much games as I have, but a little bit of concern that I'm not starting, like, I know we glossed over Debo and Ayuk, but I'm not starting Ayuk against Jacksonville. Two weeks in a row, that pass defense has been playing admirably. I'm not saying they're a worrisome it, one, it, but... It does feel like their defense is kind of back. It's playing a lot better than it was. I just, I'm playing Debo, no question. Still, but, And I'm playing Kittle, no question. But I, I don't think I'd risk Ayuk after... You know, I, this is you win against Jacksonville by just running it down. The, you play the same exact game plan you just played against the Rams. So Jacksonville, Atlanta, Houston, all to win this week. Parlayed together, 45 to 1. Thank <laughs> you, Jake. <laughs> That's only 45 to 1? I, 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 I didn't actually do that. I, oh, okay. I, I was going to say, it's got to be a is. lot more than that. I don't know. Let's see. No, it, it wouldn't be that crazy. Let's see. Atlanta is plus 240. Houston yeah. is plus three. Like the Titans are only 10 point favorites against Houston. Like it's not as outrageous mm -hmm. as maybe you would think in Jacksonville. Okay. It actually is 53 to one. Okay. I'm going to, I would expect it more like 60, but you know what? I'm going to play that for 10 bucks right now. There we go. <laughs> I love it. it. It still doesn't like, still doesn't even seem worth it at 53 to one. No, it doesn't. Feels like I would probably need more. Too late. If, they, if, they, if those three teams went, I win 541 bucks. You already put it in there? Yeah. I just you already locked it, it in? I just placed it. I am so angry. I missed. I, I mean, I there was something in my gut that said, don't do it. But I was like, ah, it's the Rams. It's Jimmy Garoppolo and freaking Jalen Ramsey. Oh missed my. a six-way six parlay on Garoppolo having an interception in that game that was going to pay out 100 to 1. Oh, that's a bummer. I just bet all my money on San Francisco. That was it. I didn't, I didn't feel the need for a same-game parlay. It's like, I, if I know one thing is that everyone's betting the Rams, I am going to bet on the 49ers. Oh, I hit so much on it, too, because I took the under on the Mitchell rushing yards, even though he ran 27 times because i put it all the way at the top uh the ramsey interception bastard no it's gonna get you all right jake seeley when will you have your rankings out 1201 a.m eastern time on wednesday yes sir and then just like you updated every single day all the way through fridays saturday sometime around we get all those news and do it all the way up to sunday kickoff just like you do yeah maybe i'll quit <laughs> get my sundays back <laughs> <laughs> he just like threw that out there. <laughs> no, 
Maybe I'll quit. No, just Are I you got enough people working. Are you like one of those like conglomerates now? You just got so many people working to make the money for you now that you just don't yeah, need it. Listen, I'm still the pretty face out here that needs to go sell everything. I've actually moved most of my uh, a lot of my business back to like I hire people to do content and like me still doing my right. show, but I'm still doing like ad sales and just stupid shit like that it sucks. You were you were here locally on TV for DraftKings. Am I on the sweat in the morning? No, it was the commercial. Oh, like uh, Pat, it was, it was the, the, the Pat and Reed infomercial. Oh, it was that from like two years ago too? No, it was filmed pre-pandemic. It was right after my first son was born because they asked me to fly out like a month after he was born for like two days to go to LA so to three film years that. ago. Yeah, it's almost three years old now. Yeah, there you go. It was fun. They sent me a script, but I didn't realize that they had sent me a script because like the the attachment didn't get sent. So we sat down. I was like, "So what are we doing for this?" Like, you didn't read the script. I was like, "What script?" <laughs> <laughs> so just put it uh, on that prompter i'll read it don't worry about it <laughs> i think it turned out they're okay. still using it so it's not horrible no it's, i saw it i could just tell it was yeah the, the uh the hair is what gave it away that it was me yeah no get the hair that like it was older it was like three years ago it was like there's that shorter yeah that closer to the scalp yeah, I may yeah, have to go back to that look. I'll lose some weight first. Then I'll go back to that look. I had to like starve myself for a month because I knew I was going to be on a nationally televised commercial. I was like, gotta, gotta look. Are thin. you gonna tell people to put something in the comments if they're still watching, so they know if anybody ever made it this far? No one made it this far. Are you kidding me? Maybe on the audio <laughs> podcast they made it this far, but on the video, not a chance. <laughs> people are at audio pod. The people are driving off bridges at this point if they're still listening to this nonsense. No, this is like inside baseball. <laughs> people love this stuff. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Jake Seeley at AllinKid, theathletic.com for me at Mayo Media Network at the PME, playing the listeners league, smash like, sub to the channel. If you if we get a thousand <laughs> people from this show to sub to the channel new, we'll never talk about this stuff at the end of the show oh, again. How about that? I got one more for you? Ooh. Pat McAfee ignored me at SmackDown. Okay. <laughs> Did you know had, do you I know Rick, Pat? Do you I, know Pat McAfee? No, but I like I, no, because I knew somebody through the industry that knew his agent, and I tried to because I was it's here in Norfolk and I had ringside seats that legitimately like the ring where it cuts out like that. The table was like I looked left and was staring at Pat McAfee ten feet if that away from me, and I was like, "Can he just come on my podcast?" Because we talk wrestling stuff. Like I'm not trying to like oh like get on my show so everybody listens to Pat McAfee, and they declined. So then I wore my band kicker shirt and I was trying to get his attention, and he looked at me a couple times and just ignored me. I was like, "Fine, screw you. I don't want to talk to you anymore." You got big time by Pat McAfee. I mean, it, I, I, that's somebody that can big time me. <laughs> if, I was, if, I, if I was Pat McAfee, I'd probably big time you too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. You want to big time me anyway. I, I mean, I, if we didn't have to talk on the show, all I would do is big time you. But unfortunately, you're bigger than <laughs> me, enough. so that doesn't really work out. <laughs> Maybe that's why I can't get dates. All the girls want to big time me. <laughs> that's it. Everyone just wants a big time Jake Seeley. That's the move. It makes everyone feel better about themselves. Everyone wins besides you in this situation. There you go. Now you can get out of here. There we go. The rankings will be updated. They're down in the description, as is the injury report. I'll be back on Wednesday evening with Cust and Jeff for the spread picks. But until then, I will see you next time. Experience. Experience.